Blog Talk Radio. After the death of Solomon, God divided the kingdom of Israel into two houses. There were ten tribes in the northern kingdom known as the Lost Tribes of Israel. They were cast out into the world because of their great sin against God. However, God promised in the last days He would gather these lost tribes back to Israel before the return of our Lord. Unknowingly, some of the churches made up of these lost tribes knows the house of Ephraim. God is now calling them to prepare to come back home to the land He gave our fathers. The call to prepare has been sounded. Ephraimites and Shalom. This is your host, Mark Reinbold, and this is the House of Ephraim show today. We do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Deckard. But first, a word from our announcers. And now, from Cradle of Hope are some important announcements for you. This month, from Cradle of Hope is a must-have gift offer, the transition of the church. God has transitioned the church since the days of the book of Acts. Don't miss out on this last and greatest move of God. Jesus Christ is returning for a church full of power and glory. This transition will bring the church forward. Send a gift of $25 or more. Call today and get free shipping if you ask for the Transition of Church gift offer. Call 618-262-2810 or go online at jewishprofit.com. Send a gift of $25 or more and ask for the Transition of the Church gift offer. Hey, welcome back in this show. It's Mark Reinbold. Got a couple announcements to make before we get going here with our great, great show we have in, in store for you. I just want to remind everyone that we do have a website, www.jewishprofit.com. That's www.jewishprofit.com. And for all you uh, new people out there, maybe the first time, that you've been on, please check that website out. You're going to find out who we are, and you're going to get a hold of a lot of material that you've never seen before. And you want to check that material out because you're going to start to learn the Word of God. And I'm telling you what, what a great opportunity that is. We also have a quarterly coming up here, and you can get more information about that by clicking on the itinerary button on the front page there in the upper left-hand corner and find out what the quarterly and where it's going to be. It's going to be over in Fairfield, Illinois out what we call lovingly the corn patch. And you can be a part of that and begin to learn the material straight from the throne room of God. And I'm telling you what, that is a great opportunity, folks. So grab a hold of this and begin to prepare and to plan and get yourself down here and find out for yourself what's going on. And you can become part of this last day move of God, the House of Ephraim. And again, you can get all that information out at the website, www.jewishprophet.com. We also have fellowships available online. So, you know, if you're out there and you don't have a local fellowship or, or you want to begin to learn about the material and begin to plug in with the material, not only do we have this blog every day, but we also have fellowships available online. That's via Ustream.tv, and we have one on Friday night. I teach one myself Friday night. You can become part of that. There's also a Wednesday midweek service. And we teach only the prophet's material so that you're assured of learning the right material at the right time. What an opportunity, again, that all is. So, again, if you don't already have a fellowship in your area or you just are interested in learning more about what's going on, please consider joining up with that. 
and you can get more information just by emailing us at cradle at jewishprofit.com. That's cradle at jewishprofit.com. And just say, hey, I'd like to sign up for that Shabbat service that Mark was talking about, and certainly love to get you hooked up. If you want to do it just by the telephone, we can do that also. And you can give the office a call, 618-262-2810, and find out more about that also. Like I said earlier, we do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Decker. Well, let's go on. And I'm, I'm excited. I want you to go to First uh, Samuel. If you will travel to First Samuel with me, we're going to look into, and I'm going to get to First Samuel here in a minute myself. We're going to get to the, the third chapter, First Samuel 3, and we're going to start in the, in the first verse. First Samuel 3, 1. And, and the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli. And the word of the Lord was precious in those days. There was no open vision. Things were not very good in the supernatural realm as far as God speaking to the people. But notice what it says here, that the child ministered unto the Lord before who? Before the Lord? No, before Eli. Again, I want to point out the process that's, that, that's, that's done. You don't start ministering before the Lord until you minister before the Lord before somebody, all right? In other words, in front of somebody, uh, or unto the Lord before somebody. I guess I ought to say it the way it is. It goes on to say, And it came to pass at the time when Eli was laid down in his place, and his eyes began to wax dim that he could not see. And ere the lamp of God went out in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was, and Samuel was laid down to sleep, that the Lord called Samuel, and he answered, here am I, and he ran unto Eli and said, Here am I, for thou callest me. And he said, I call not. Lie down again, and he went and lay down. And the Lord called yet again Samuel, and Samuel rose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for thou didst call me. And he answered, I call not, my son, lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, neither was the word of the Lord yet revealed unto him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time, and he rose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for thou didst call me. And Eli perceived that the Lord had called the child. Therefore Eli said unto Samuel, Go, lie down, and it shall be. If he call thee, that thou shalt say, Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. And the Lord came and stood and called, as at other times, Samuel, Samuel, then Samuel answered, Speak, for thy servant heareth. Now, a skill is a very important part of growing up. And I want to make this statement. If you're taking notes, be sure that you get this down in the notes. Hearing the voice of God is a skill to be learned. Okay, Hearing the voice of God is a skill to be learned. If you were to learn to be a baseball player, a basketball player, a, a computer uh, whatever technician, then it's a skill that you have to learn. A plumber, a carpenter, a concrete worker. It's a skill that you have to learn. All right? Now, and it's important to understand that because, you know, we have been taught for so, so many, many, many years that, bless God, that these skills are not in, in, in imparted to us uh, uh, like we want to think that they are. They have to, you know, you have to, you have to develop them. I've, I've taught for years. You have to develop the anointing. Now, the church came up with a whole different rendition of this thing outside of God. And what the church began to get us to think was 
Number one, when you get saved, especially filled with the Holy Ghost, that the powers of darkness then cannot penetrate you or anything about you when you're in prayer, okay? And that the voice that you hear is going to be God. Now, I know you've all heard me tell the story about how it was that, that I was being a realist as I am, and I'm in the church where, bless God, that, you know, everybody's standing up and saying, God told me this, and I, if I asked the pastor, and the pastor said, well, you go home and have lunch after you eat, go in and pray, and after you pray, be quiet, the first words that you hear will be God. So I come back to church tonight, that night, and he says to me, he said, well, Brother Decker, did you do what I told you to do? And I said, yes, sir, I did. He said, tell us what the Lord said to you. And I said, go get a hamburger. And, and he looked at me and he said, well, that wasn't God. I said, well, no, it doesn't sound like it. But I said, you said the first thing that I heard in my mind was going to be God. I said, I heard, go get a hamburger. And so that, that started me on not knowing, but on a journey that is now all these years old of realizing, folks, people don't know, don't know enough to understand how to develop the skill. It has to be developed. Look at this. Look at this when we go back up into that, up into that sixth verse. And, 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 and he says, uh, And the Lord called yet again Samuel. Samuel rose, and he went to Eli and said, Here am I, for thou didst call me. And he answered, I call not my son lie down. And then that's when Samuel uh, or Eli begin to understand. But he gets to the seventh verse, and he says, Now Samuel did not know the Lord. Now, do you realize Samuel was one of the greatest prophets that ever walked the face of this earth? Now, listen, he didn't just automatically know the voice of God, did he? It says, yet yet he did not know, neither was the word of the Lord yet revealed unto him. What does that mean? He was an anointing to be able to discern, discern even what God would have said if, if, even if he knew the voice of God. So there is something in this that, that bless God, that we must learn from, and we must understand that, brothers and sisters, this is not an automatic shoe-in to hear the voice of God. It said that the word of the, the vision of the Lord was, was precious in those days. And what it just means there, God wasn't just handing out open vision. Things were quiet from God. Now, all of a sudden, here's this boy. Now, he had to learn to know the voice of God. You have to learn to know the voice. That's the reason that I went through all the things on the familiar spirits. And if you haven't gone completely through that, you need to. In fact, as I keep saying, those sets of, of, of CDs are things that you need to periodically just go back through. Don't just go through them one time, and please, don't just listen to them in the car radio. When I, when I talk about studying, I mean to take a pen and to take a notebook, put familiar spirits at the top of the page, sit there and listen, take all the notes down in the way of the Scriptures that I'm using, what I'm saying about the Scriptures, and then bless God the next time, then sit there and follow that through and make sure you got it all. The third time that you listen to it, listen to it for content, all right, more so than what maybe you, that you would have picked up before, and then bless God, then, then uh, you can study it yourself by getting your Bible out, your concordance out, and, and see what God may want to say to you through it and with it. That's the way that you've got to study this stuff. If all you're going to do is come here and sit and listen to me closely, did, have you all heard me tell the story about the first congregation that was ever in this room? How I came in the first morning and I told them uh, previously, I want everybody to go out and get a spiral notebook and I want you to bring a pen, a spiral notebook about that thick, and bring a pen or pencil because you're going to go to school, you're going to learn, and you're going to, you're going to take notes. And at that point, I said, and we'll have a quiz every Friday afternoon at 3 o'clock. No, we didn't, but I told them that. 
And so I got to church the first the Sunday morning. I said, how many brought there? And about a third of the people held, their, held them up. I said, next Sunday, I expect everybody in this room to have the notebook and the pens. I came back the next Sunday, and I asked, and about the same third, a few more, raised them up. I just walked up here, walked back here. I closed my Bible, took my notebook, put it under my arm, walked right down that middle aisle, went out the door. One of the brothers chased me out in the parking lot, and he said, Prophet, he said, where are you going? I said, I'm going home. I said, you tell the people that when I come back here next Sunday morning, it may be the last trip I ever make in that building. That, bless God, if they're not going to be serious enough about this thing, to study this thing, then I've got news for you. I'm not going to have anything to do with them. And some of you people sitting out here are just exactly that pig-headed, all right? You think you're smart enough to sit here in front of a prophet without taking notes, without doing anything but listen to that CD once back there and think that, if you buy it, that's all you're going to need. And I'm going to tell you something. You'll get your bottom in such a ringer with me. time I get done chewing on you, you're going to look like uh, 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 minced meat. Because I'm telling you, that's the way I do things. You want to get in this thing? I told you, it's going to have to be a lifestyle. You're not going to get in it just because you show up. You're going to get in it because you learn something. And to learn, you've got to study. And that means just what it was when you were a kid going to high school, grade school, or college. You had to study. Didn't you study? Yeah. Say, I love you, Brother Deckard. I'm always glad we get that settled, that part right there. Because you see, you can't, your, your mind, the retention of your mind isn't long enough to consume it all except what you selfishly want to get out of this message uh, this weekend, that you'll get that. But there's so much more to this thing. Why? Because there's so much more to be said. Um, guidance is a skill. Does not come with, a, does not come with a new birth. And that, and again, that's what I want you to learn. Learning to know the voice of God is definitely, always has been a skill. The voice of God sounded to Samuel like the voice of what? Of a man. It didn't sound like God. It sounded like a man. It is a skill to be learned which voice is the voice of God. And that's the, ob the objective lesson maybe today. What voice are you hearing? And, and now let me tell you why I, I know that this part of this, this portion, this ministry is so important is because we have so many voices that are being listened to right now, and not all those voices can be God. They just can't be God. So therefore, we're playing this game as to who we think is and who we think isn't, and that's dangerous. So, so when it comes down to it, you know, and I keep saying, you're going to have to get wise enough to realize that there's going to have to be some means in which we're going to have to slow some of this down. And I think I, I presented most of that to you simply by saying, if you're going to get people coming and prophesying, saying things, you tell them you want a sign. If they can't give you a sign, then they're not a prophet. Tell them to go home, not bother coming back. Uh, if you're going to shoot your mouth off and you're not sure whether it's God, you ask God for a sign. If that sign doesn't come, you keep your mouth shut. If there's a sign comes and you stand up and prophesy and it doesn't come to pass, then i got news for you then you better not ever open your mouth up again about God because a familiar spirit's got a hold on both ends of you. The sign that came plus, bless God, uh, uh, what, he, what you thought God gave you on the other end. So keep it all, keep it all to yourself. The voice of God sounded like, sounded like a man. It's a, it's a skill to be learned, which a voice you're going to hear from. Guidance is learning to balance a mixture of three necessary ingredients. All right? Understanding the instruction of God's Word, number one. Yeah, it's always the it's always God's word. That and that's the key to this thing and to remember about this thing. It's the instruction of God's word. That's first and foremost. Number two, comprehending 
and interpreting the voice of the Holy Spirit. And boy, there's a lot to that. Being able to interpret the voice of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, the Rahakadish. How do you interpret that? Well, because let me tell you why I say you have to learn to interpret it. Everything that comes to you in that manner of hearing a voice has to go into your spirit and through your your mind, your mind. So from your spirit to your mind, you have control. When it's in your when it's to your spirit, it's pure, purely. If it's from God, it's a pure thing from God. By the time it gets to your mind, you have to interpret that. What does that mean? What does that say? What's God trying to uh, get across with this thing? And when you start doing that, then you start walking in into another realm. And if you can't interpret it clearly, okay, uh, a lady come one time here and she said to me, she said, God spoke to me and she said, I'm supposed to take my children and I'm supposed to move to, and I'm going to say Dallas, Texas. I'm not sure at this point where she went was to go. I'm to go to Dallas, Texas. And I said, are you sure that that was God's voice? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Same voice that God's always used. said, I've, I've listened to the things you've taught. She said, I'm certain that that's the voice of God. And I said, well, sis, uh, we love you, and uh, God bless. The doors are open. If you ever get up this way, stop and sis. And so she was gone about two weeks, and she called, and she had run out of money, and they were living in the back, back of the seat of the car. And she said to me, she's crying, she said, I miss God. And I said, well, how did you figure you missed God? She said, well, she said, i got no money. We don't have gasoline, even to get back up there to, to, to people that we know. And she said, we're literally living down here as, as street people. And I said, then you do know you miss God. She said, absolutely. She said, I'm confused. I thought that was the voice of God. Now, hopefully, not all of you in this room have had to go through situations like that, but it's kind of a shame that you have it, okay? Because that would cure a lot of you of what's going on. Your mind is the greatest playground that the devil will ever have to play with. Your mind, the devil suggests to you whether you're sick, whether you're well, whether you're you're, you're healthy, whether you're not healthy, whether you're financially this or financially that, is all dictated by your mind itself. And when the devil can get in there and begin to mingle himself into the mind realm, then he's going to bring confusion because that's what he is. He is confusion, and if he can get that confusion started, then he'll get you where you are what? You're going to miss. You're, if you're not careful, you're going to miss the things of God. You don't want to miss the things of God. You want to get this thing right. So what you've got to keep in mind is, bless God, that, that you must learn to comprehend and to interpret. When is God speaking to you? See, I, I wish that I could I, get into your minds individually in this room today and be able to say to each of you, you're having a problem here, or you're having a problem there, or yes, that's right, or no, that's not right. But that's not what God wants me to do. See, my place as a minister is to minister to you to give you a chance to make some choices. My hope this weekend that you will get yourself down to believe in one thing. Do you know what they do with you when you take they take you into the Marine Corps when you're 18 years old? They put you through such a regiment because you're what? You are of the world. You're conceited. You've been an American. You've had probably lots of things in your life. You haven't done very much. You haven't had to be disciplined in any matter of your life. So the Marine Corps begins to discipline you. They begin to make life very miserable for you. And they get you down to the place where you believe you don't know nothing. And that's where they want to get you. You know why? Because then you're teachable. But you see, for those of us in Christianity, 
that have come up through these ranks and been saved and filled with the Holy Ghost and been taught or coached into the fact that, bless God, that everything that we hear when we pray is God, that the powers of darkness can't infiltrate that area, and that because, you know, you're covered by the blood of, of Jesus Christ. Well, that's a bag of rocks, number one. But most of the church bought that bag of rocks. Now we are at a crisis, an epidemic, if you will, of we've got all these people out here that's so sure that they're hearing God tell them things, but yet they have no proven track record of ever sitting under real prophets who have learned, ever to have come to a place of being corrected when they were wrong, because, folks, I hate to tell you, but you will get wrong, okay? And if you're sitting out here today and you've never been wrong, then you've been wrong for a long, long time and just don't know you've been wrong, okay? And if that's the case, then you've got a bigger problem than you ever dreamed about having. So I beg of you, bless God, to consider, consider what God's trying to do here this weekend for you. What God is trying to get you to do is for you to stop and think that, that, that God is not, is not going to, bless God, uh, communicate with you. He's not going to tell you earth-shattering things that's about to happen around this world, here in the United States, every day, every month, and in most cases, even every year. As I told you this morning, most of what you're ever going to hear from God is going to be that small, still voice. I get very concerned, as I said, about the dreams, because most of the dreams, bless God, people are seeing all this tragedy going on, and bless God, you don't, that's not consistent with, with the writings of the Bible. Anything out from under a dream guiding your own personal life has to be interpreted. And you don't want to forget that because that's, you, all you've got to do is get in the Bible and study and you're going to find that out. So people that are having dreams and in the dream, bless God, that, uh, the, you know, that uh, something's going to happen here and somewhere in the world and tomorrow, then you see that's not consistent with the way God's doing. If God's going to get in a, take you in a dream and say, now you're going to go to, to St. Louis tomorrow and you're going to do such and such, see, that's you personally. And that, that's going to work. But when it comes out from under that, you better be very, very careful what you're doing. And that's, again, that's part of what we got going on. we got this thing. And, and folks, I'm going to tell you something. Again, I, I don't know what this thing's about, but don't get into asking God to give you a dream. That's just not what this thing is. You're, going, you're asking for trouble. You're going to, and the devil's going, oh, boy, we'll give him a dream. All right, watch this one. Devil come give you a dream, and then you'll start trying to prophesy the dream. Then you're going to get half the people and all the people in the congregation going, wow, that's got to be God. The devil standing there applauding, going, don't have to worry about that group anymore, do we? Because we got them going that way, and God's going that way. And that is what happens. And that's the tragedy in which we're trying to somehow at least get slowed down. I, I'm not sure that we ever will. Now, you got to number three with guidance from God you've got, and understanding that guidance. You've got to learn to understand the nature of circumstances. All right. Now, this is often the most, the least considered of all this because when you start looking at the circumstances, all right. Now, for instance, somebody called me one time and said, Brother Deckard, I'm supposed to go uh, to China and I'm supposed to prophesy there. I said, okay, okay, how did that come? Well, that coming, one one measure or another of whatever they felt God, I don't know, the vision, dream, what it was. I said, all right. I said, let's consider something. Do you have the means to get there? No. Number one flag. If God's going to tell you to go somewhere, he's going to have what? He's going to already to have had everything set up. You'll have the finances to get there and get back. All right. 
By the way, we sent the gal the money to get her and the kids home from wherever it was, all right? Uh, I didn't finish that story. But but here's the key to this one is that, that if you don't have the money, this person didn't have the money to go, number one, number two, now listen closely, this person wasn't even an ordained minister. This person was a was uh, just a, a person that had the thought that they were called into the ministry. And folks, that's, that don't count. That's just not enough, all right? And then, then, then number three, bless God, for them to do that, uh, they were going to have to leave their family and, and be away from their family. Your first ministry is your, is your, is your family. Now, and I'll, I'll say over and over and over again to young preachers, until you can get your family in control, and wives, until you can get your place place known and submit yourself fully to your husband, it's not going to work. And and for those of you that we're ordaining, bringing into this ministry, and you haven't got that done, I'm going to tell you this prophet's going to personally help you get run over like a freight train. Because it's not going to work. This isn't, if you can't, if you can't take care of your home, don't think you can take care of God. Because that, again, that's the word, isn't it? And we got all these young ministers, all hot to trot the minister, and got all this word in them, and bless God, the anointing just shaking their hands and their head, and, their, and bless God, and their homes are a mess. Their wives don't listen to a cockeyed thing they say. Every time they say something, their wives come against them. You know about how long that's going to last with me? Not long enough to talk about. And if it starts, I will end it. I'll end it so quick that everybody's eyeballs will go jumping straight up and down. Why? Because that's not what this is about. It has to be done in the right order. Everything has order. If you haven't read the book out there that I wrote on the order and authority of, of God, the church, and the family, you need to read that. You need to study that. Those of you that want to be in ministry, we're allowed to have an open book test on that here one of these days. Because you're going to have to understand that there is an order to this thing. If you want to be part of it, you need to study, you need to understand. And I can't tell you again, as I keep saying over and over and over again, that bless God, uh, you, you know, you, you just don't realize what you're stepping into and the responsibilities that you have when you step into them. So circumstances are going to do what? Circumstances are going to guide you into understanding whether it is a possibility or not a possibility. Now, did they go ahead and go to China? No, they didn't. They didn't have the funds. They said, well, God's going to send it. I said, how? A carrier pigeon? Maybe you're, going to, maybe you're going to win the lottery, you know, which is a no-no. But I'm just saying, how are you, you... In other words, God works on both ends of things, all right? And so if the circumstances uh, will not uh, prevail, then what you want to do is just back off and feel like that you ate the wrong pizza or something happened with the pizza or maybe you didn't have pizza at all. Maybe you just flat need to deliver to a familiar spirit, okay? Maybe that's what this is all about. And some of you this weekend are going to get an opportunity to get delivered of a familiar spirit. You say, oh, my Lord and my God, I don't have one of them. Well, let's hope God don't get one of them moods where I guess you're going to walk down the aisle and start pointing at each of you and saying, you do and you don't, you do and you don't, you do and you don't, and the three of you better get up here now and get it done. I have done that in the past, and I'll do it any time that God tells me to do it. You say, well, that's too embarrassing, I don't want that. But then, then, see, you really don't want to pay the price, do you? What you want to do is do it and do your sin in secret, and then get out here and try to be a hero in front of everybody, and then mess everything up and get people going down to Primrose Lane, and then the whole bunch of you end up in hell because you think you heard from God. That ain't enough, brothers and sisters, for me. And it shouldn't be for you either, all right? 
there should be a greater demand put upon the ministry than has ever been put upon the ministry. Now, often guidance is presented as automatic, and we understand that. Because again, what is it? It's a skill. Eli was, was the sheep. Samuel was the lamb. And this is something I want to get down where you can understand here, okay? The sheep hear my voice. Don't ever say a thing about the lambs, does it? Huh? Does it say anything about the lambs hearing the voice? No. The sheep hear my voice. What do the lambs hear? Nothing. Then what constitutes a lamb? A lamb is anything less than a sheep, obviously. Or a small, if you will, a baby sheep is a lamb. Now, you say, well, yeah, but I've been going to church all these years. You might still, you may still be, you may still be a lamb. And because, you know, what I said today is, is horrendous in its own, I guess, the own fashion, the way I said it, but it's the truth. The church believes they're all growing up, they're all still dirty in diapers, and they're all still stepping on pacifiers and taking bottles. Because if they weren't, bless God, we would be further down the road than we are. And we're going back to doing, uh, you know, we're going back to doing 101 when we ought to be in about 406 somewhere. And that's what's ridiculous about this. You know, it seems to me like with some of you, bless God, to get out here, and I love this. I give you instructions, some of you guys that are trying to be ministry, I give you instructions, and bless God, I'll leave, and everything seems to be going good, and then all of a sudden, everybody, I take two steps forward, and then three steps backwards. I'm going, what's going on in this spirit? What's going on in this spirit? And then all of a sudden, I call the brother, the brother calls me, and we find out that they thought they had a better idea. Now, I'm here to tell you, and I said two or three times, and I'll say probably two or three more times, I'm not interested in your ideas. You want to sit down with me, and you want to go with, through with me stuff that you believe that these people need to understand, that you believe is so important for them to understand, we'll do that. But we'll only do that once if you're wrong. Okay? What I want taught is my material. I want it taught exactly from the front to the back. You know why? Because I know the people are going to get what they need. Somebody in this room, this ministry, is going to hear what I'm saying. I'll know that they're getting what they got to have, and they're not going to get what your attitude or your idea of what you think they need. You better take that to heart. This isn't, a, this isn't a, by the way, it's a volunteer army when it comes to this thing of God, but once you get in it, uh, there's some restrictions, all right? Now, first, the believer does not want to walk in the Spirit, but be carried into the, into the spiritual grandeur. Isn't that right? Uh, just like I said uh, today, and some of you probably never had that said to you. Having hands laid upon you, getting a word of knowledge, are for the lambs, the babies. It's a, it is a least amount of whatever there is that there ever could be. Will there always be a word of knowledge? Yes. Will there always be laying on of hands? Yes. But that is the least of all of it. You've been, some of you people have been in church long enough, bless God, you should be, you should be way down the road when it comes to walking by faith. But no, you're still dependent on somebody to lay hands on you, somebody to give you a word of knowledge. Until you come out of that, you are going to stay a babe. Because that's not, that's where the babes live. The people that have grown are the people out here that are fasting, the people out here that are studying, the people out here that are praying, the people out here that bless God that are walking in the depths of God. 
because they're making themselves go. Again, this is a lifestyle. If you're going to try it for a week or two to see if it works, you're going to lose out. And that's usually what happens to people. They get all excited about this thing, they jump in it, and then the next thing I see, well, now, Brother Deckard, I believe your doctrine there is right or wrong. Well, I'm going to tell you something. You just have to decide what you got to do because I decided what I had to do a long time ago, all right? Hmm. But you understand this. Well, there's only one way to do this, and it's what? It's God's way. Now, learning to be guided is one of the factors which produces two results. Process of learning contributes to our growing up. And boy, does it ever, okay? That will drown. The second part of that is the result of learning how to be guided makes us to be what? Profitable and useful into the kingdom. And that is absolutely paramount. You want to be, you want to be profitable and useful in the kingdom? You have to do what? You have to grow up. Again, you know, I, I wish there was a way to, to really be able to etch into your minds what it is to be a, a, a growing up or a mature Holy Ghost filled Christian. I wish I could do that. But I'm going to tell you what gives most of you away. Most of you, bless God, get into this spiritual mode like the church is in right now all over, all over America. Everything's not scriptural, it's spiritual. God said this, God said that. But what really I love about this thing is those of you that are also also spiritual, the first thing that goes on your goes on and goes wrong, okay, and it will. The phone goes to ringing, the internet lights up, and it's oh help, oh help, oh help. Now excuse me, but someone that's growing any place beyond the babe, bless God, is not still yelling help. You know why? Because they know how to get into the throne room themselves. They know how to come before God, and they know how to fix the problem. And babes don't. So what do you tell Don and I when you call the house like that, the office? You're saying, well, I want to be all grown up, but I'm still a baby. Sure you are. You want to be growing up. Growing ups don't act that way. Growing ups take care of their own messes, don't we? You take care of the, your baby's messes, but bless God, your messes, you take care of. Isn't that right? Well, see, that's the way it is. I am a spiritual father set over hundreds of thousands of people, and I know that. It's not millions. And I'm a spiritual father to you, which means what? I have to do with you what a, an earthly father would do with you. For those of you that I never have any problems out of, we're going to be able to reason and get through this thing. For those of you that are not heads, that are going to do everything your way, you and I are going to tango and parry. That's all there is to it, because I'm not going to put up with it. And if you think I am, again, you, you just jumped off the wrong boat in the wrong, in the wrong lake. Because this thing's not going to, if it worked your way, again, you'd be up here this afternoon and I'd be sitting back there. But you're not, are you? No. I'm up here, you're there. And you're going to have to understand that. You're going to have to understand where the authority is at. And what the authority's got to say, you're going to have to listen to. Now, some of you just know, well, now, that's not God. That's control. No, it's not. That is me being a spiritual father saying to you, just like you did, remember when you were 16, 17, and 18 years old, how stupid your father became? Come on. Don't you, don't you, don't, do you remember, sweetie? <laughs> oh, no, I'm going to pick you out. <laughs> just kidding. Okay. But we do. I can remember my dad got so stupid when I was 17 years old, 
that I thought he was the dumbest guy on the block. Now, when I'm 40, he and I are out fishing one day. I said, say, Pop, I said, uh, where are you taking those night classes at? And he looked at me and he said, you finally got it. He, put, he said, you finally uh, took a little while, but you finally got it uh, straightened out, didn't you, boy? I said, yeah. I said, you know, you seem to be getting smarter every year. I know you're going to night school somewhere. And he just laughed. Okay? You hear what I'm saying? When you get into ministry, you are a spoiled 17 and 18-year-old little brat that knows just about enough to bless God to get yourself and anybody that wants to listen to you in trouble spiritually and scripturally. And that's what you are. But you don't want to say this. Well, I look in the mirror. I don't look that way. No, in the mirror you don't. But to this prophet, you do. And because I know where you're living when it comes to this stuff, and then I hear some of this stuff that comes out of your mouth, and I'm always going back and saying, just listen to what I'm trying to tell you to do. And then, bless God, you get these other ten stories about how that went and how that went. Folks, I want to tell you something. That's the reason we have a shipwreck for a church today. It's because people don't know. People are going out here and thinking they're being led by the Spirit of God, and they're either being led by their own minds or they're being led by familiar spirits. Now, the three ingredients... We listed the scriptures, the voice of God, and circumstances, all right? Circumstances have to do with timing, and it has to be God's timing, all right? And, and, and you want to remember that. Every time there's a circumstance comes up, all right, here, for instance, well, you know, I was planning on, uh, bless God, uh, going out to such and such, and I was going to go to St. Louis, okay? And, and bless God, the phone rang, and bless God, somebody called and wanted me to go to Cincinnati, now, let's see. Nobody told me to go to St. Louis, but I prayed. I know God told me to say, but the people said that are inviting me to Cincinnati. Now, see what I'm saying? Don't be stupid and go to St. Louis. Go to Cincinnati. Let those circumstances, let those circumstances dictate to you. Let them begin to tell you. Now, now, now are you starting to understand that there's the old story adage is there's more ways to skin a cat than one? There's more ways to hear uh, what God is doing in your life than waiting for the ooh to float down from heaven and say, thus saith the mouth of God. And that's what I want to try to hand you this weekend is to get you to understand that there are ways in which God guides us and there's circumstances in which we've got to look at during that, that period of guidance. Uh, again, uh, finding the will of God, uh, well, the circumstances will find the will of God every time for you if, in fact, you'll follow the circumstances. The thing that you think you're supposed to do, go do it. Do you know the worst thing that you can do, and a lot of you get into this, is make no decision at all? you know what happens when you don't make a decision and you're sitting around waiting for this magical voice to speak to you to tell you what to do, and it doesn't seem like it ever speaks to you? Do you know what you're doing with that indecision? You're, you're setting the spirit world into a motion where it can do nothing for you. The spirit world can only move when you make a decision. You're, I'm talking about the Spirit of God and the, your spirit. And only, when you, you have to make, no decision is dangerous. No decision will get you beat every time. Make a decision. Well, I'm afraid I'm wrong. Then just be wrong. You're better to be wrong and find out through that decision that you were wrong than to be uh, indecisive and bless God sit there and stew and not know what to do and what to say and where to say and where to go and what to get done with it. Folks, that, that, that's dangerous because that's the... The devil's going to have a heyday with you because you won't make a decision. Make a decision. 
Well, that's what that word of knowledge is about, brother. That's what I'm here this weekend. Not from this prophet, you're not. Okay? See, that's the reason I'm saying, folks, it's time to grow up. It's time for, if you want the answers you're looking for, for from God, fast and pray. Kind of like I told the brother that time in Michigan. And he said, well, we've whined around. Well, we fast and pray for seven days and we don't have the answer. I said, fast till you die if it takes it. But I said, where you're at, you're no good to God. You're no good to yourself. You're no good to the church. You're no good for nothing. Die! He looked at me and his eyes got big. And he thought, oh my. Well, that wasn't that wasn't the love of Jesus. Oh, I didn't say I didn't say it was the love of Jesus. That's the wrath of the prophet. All right, and there is a difference. But the fact of it is, don't come around me whining around to me because you think that you you did seven days, do forty days. No, I got quiet, didn't I? Oh no, but it'd be easier to come in and get a word from God. Yeah, it'd be easier. What are you going to learn out of it? Not a cockeyed thing. They're going to get you closer to God, not one iota. You seek the face of God till the answer comes. That's going to get you closer to God, and that's going to get you to a place where you can know who God is. All right? Until you're willing to get into that, you're never going to get where you're wanting to go with God. You're never going to get to the deep places with God because you're too busy whining around wanting somebody else to give you the answer that you're too cockeyed, lazy yourself to go get through fasting and prayer. And I think I said before, but fasting... And prayer has to become a way of life. All right? Everybody in this room should be fasting at least one day a week. And I don't care whether you just started or you didn't. Those of you that have been fasting, you should be at the place now where you're fasting about three days every week. And when we can get this thing turned around, and it's probably going to take me about a year because most of you are so cockeyed, busy, sucking on pacifiers. Bless God, we can't seem to get you anywhere. But we're going to get to the place where we're just going to flat tell you, if you didn't fast seven days, don't you darken the door of this church down here. We don't want you in the room. Now, that sounds hard. No, that doesn't sound hard. What that is is I know how to get you to where you're going to have to go, and your place is going to have to go out that window, and you're going to have to get obedient to some piece of place, and you're looking at it. We're going to bring you to that place, but it's going to be like pulling eye teeth to get most of you there. Well, Brother Deckard, I can't fast. I have a condition. We'll fix you a fast where your condition will be just fine, honey, and you'll just be able to do it. Most people can't fast because they never fasted. Well, brother, I get dizzy, and I have, oh, I've got, well, you're going to get dizzy. You're going to have, oh, oh, oh. What the, why, why do you think that's going on? Because you never fasted. You think your body's going to let you get away with this thing? Uh-uh! Your body is going to scream. You're going to have sugar withdrawals. You're going to have headaches. You're going to get dizzy. But it's got some of you may pass out. Oh, don't go there, Decker. Don't go there. Let's just move on now. Time to move on. But you're going to fast. You're going to learn to fast. You're going to find out what being grown up is all about. You know why? Folks, you're going to have to get help get some people in this. I can't do this all by myself. You people are putting way too much stock on the prophet the prophet. I'm a piece of flesh anointed by God, and that's all that I am. I'm not a hero. I'm a loner. I don't like people very well. I tolerate you all because I'm kind of getting to like you, okay? Now, if we mess around long enough, we may fall in love. And I don't mean the essential kind of love. I mean the God kind of love. And who knows, all right, what may come of that? But in order to get you to see, if you can help take the weight off of me by getting into this thing. And, and folks that don't get in because you volunteered. 
It don't get in because you bring me a piece of paper that you just signed on with the first, I always thought, I call that the first church of the righteous, don't I? Ooh, I don't even know where that's at, but I know it's somewhere. See, that still doesn't get qualify you to get into this. If you haven't, if you haven't been, how many in this room have ever been on a 40 day fast? Let me see your hand. Three people. Whoop dee doo. Got about 70 some of you in here. And I'm going to tell you something, folks. It's going to take, it's going to take it in these days. You're going to have to understand it's going to take that. And if you're not going to be able to do that. But you need to get in this thing and help is what I'm saying. I don't need you to be a hindrance. I need you to be a help. You can't be a help until what? You become a good soldier. And if you didn't come up through the ranks, I went through all this out in California last weekend. But Scott, if you, if you don't, you started out as a buck private. Okay, that means a, something under a private. And you did all that stuff, and then you move up. It's going to take you years to get to the place where you're a sergeant, let alone the place you get to be a lieutenant, let alone to where you get to be a captain, let alone where you even start to get to be a general. What most of you have tried to do is start in a place called general, and you still belong down there in the private end of this thing. And I know that. And I know where you're living. Don't come and play games with me, or I'll tell you where you're living. The fact of it is, you're going to have to pay the price. You're going to have to come. Aren't we of the army of God? Well, don't armies have all this stuff? Where did you start? Think about it a minute. Where did you start in the army? Well, now, what's God, Brother Deckard? I was in military school, so I started as a lieutenant. Well, whoop dee doo. What about the rest of it? That's the reason I say to people, if I see, I couldn't teach this if, in fact, I had never been there myself. When I started, I started as the doorkeeper of a church. I was the best doorkeeper that that church has ever had or ever will have had. I fasted three days a week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, irregardless. I was there an hour before the church service, had the lights on, the heat on, the air conditioning in the summertime. I mowed the yard of the church. If it needed painted in the basement, I painted did the painting. I was the first one in, the last one out. I went and made sure that the old sisters that couldn't drive got to the church. I went and picked them up and got them there. Where was I doing? I'm the private down here. Did I like being the private? No, not necessarily, because I've seen a bunch of them yard birds that seemed to think they jumped up there to being sergeants and didn't even bother being private. But you, let me tell you what's going to happen, and I watched it for years and years and years. Your ministry will not have any more in it that will serve you than the serving that you did to the ministry that you were under. Do I need to say that again, or can you understand that? If you weren't down there and you didn't serve, then you're never going to have anybody serve you. That's the way it works, folks. So you have to come up through the ranks. And I'm going to ask again, did you start as being a buck private? Did you start with a, with a toothbrush scrubbing the floor trying to get it clean because that old sergeant was barking so loud? Or did you just volunteer to be a general right off the bat? Woo, I've been to college, I'm a general, look at me. i got all the words and i got all the things to say and I can flim-flam anybody. Is that where you started? You'd be surprised how much of this ministry you have listened to in the past started there. That got quiet, didn't it? You would be surprised, folks. That is out of order. You've got to come up through the ranks. You can't do it today in, our, in the military. And you can't do it in the church ranks. You've got to come up step by step. Why is that there? Because you see, down here, you're not capable of knowing what a general knows. You haven't experienced enough in the army life to know that. 
Same thing in the church world. You, Some of you people are sitting out there thinking that me and you are just walking elbow to elbow here and, and I'm uh, preaching to the choir, but you know all what's going on. And I'm going to tell you there's not a person in this room that knows what's going on here today besides me. And I'm here to tell you that. And if that embarrasses you, don't let the door hit you on the butt on the way out. Just get up and march out and get out of here because you and I aren't on the same wavelength. I haven't come to any of you and said, well, now I'm going to tell you what I want to do. Uh, tomorrow morning, I want you to take the service because I just know you got. Have I come to anybody and asked anybody in this room to come do that? No. I'm going to give you another little clue. I never will. So the fact of it is, we need to get, see, I'm sorry, but my job is to try to shock some of you nodheads into understanding you don't quite know and you're not quite as spiritual as you think you are. That's my job. Some of you that come under this ministry just about enough have got all kind of hell coming home to visit you. And you know you have. You want to know why? Because you're not learning anything. You're just listening. Listen to me. Listen to me. we got some people that's not here this weekend that's been to all the rest of these meetings. you know why they're not here? Because they didn't listen to what I told them. They didn't do what I've been trying to say to do. No, they had another agenda. They had another, well, it didn't really apply to me. Well, you know, it's all, all the rest of them out there applies to. What I'm speaking here this weekend applies to every person sitting in every seat that's sitting out there. Or I wouldn't be, what would I be up here preaching to one person? What would I be up here preaching to half of you? I'm ministering to all of you, okay? So grab onto it, and, and it'll be all right. You know, I always told the pastors, I'd come into the churches when I when I was going into churches, and pastors, they'd start, oh, they'd start, oh, now, <laughs> Prophet Decker, <clears throat> now don't be too hard on the people. Sounds like Donna today. Are you going to be nice? Are you going to be nice today in service this weekend? Tonight, are you going to be nice? Oh, I'm always nice. It's just a matter of how you interpret the word, you know. <laughs> but I think most of you understand. You know, I, I messed up one time, and I walked out in a, into, a, into a hallway, and some of you are here, and I'm still all lollygagged up in the spirit, and I go, oh, it's all right, I'm just an old barking bear. Have you ever heard a bear bark? <laughs> Blew that one, didn't I? But here's the idea. The idea is to shock you. I want you to, how dare him? What does he think he thought? I want you that way. And God wants you that way because maybe somewhere in all this thing, you're going to stop and say, wait a minute, maybe the bald-headed guy right. Maybe I have a little that I need to learn. Then we're going to get somewhere. Some of you are going to be smarter and say, hey, I'm going to get into this thing because I know what he stands right. But see, that's the ones of you that are uh, the kids in the family that never give me any trouble. The nodheads out there that always seem to be the ones that want to borrow the car on Friday night, that never seem to want to clean it up and never clean up their room and don't do all their stuff, you're the ones that, bless God, give me the trouble. You're the ones that aren't a father pleaser. You're the one just a pain in the rump, okay? And you say, well, I don't think I've ever had anybody talk to me like that. Well, you will, and you have had, and it'll happen again. So prepare yourself, okay? I'll tell a story about what a brother did one time, but it, 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 Donna would tell me that we probably couldn't put on the tape. But uh, it was kind of funny, because, uh, but uh, it probably shouldn't something I should share. But it, it sure was shocked everybody to the reality of the fact that uh, maybe uh, – I knew what I was talking about, but it was, it was, now I've told that and you're all going to sit out there and wonder, now I wonder if you'll tell us privately in the other room when it's over. Well, you never know, you know. That's another reason why Donna doesn't like me sitting out there with everybody 
These services aren't too bad because I'm not I'm 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 in a teaching anointing and it works a lot better than when I start preaching and screaming and jumping up and down and renting and rearing. Then don't then Donna would want to march me in the other room, shut the door, lock it, so nobody could get in more than that, so I couldn't get out until that anointing subsides a bit, all right? Because I I tend to, coming off the anointing, I tend to get real loose with my mouth. I mean, just talk, 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 talk. I don't talk about this. I don't talk about that. Talk about anything you want to talk about. And as long as I'm around people I know, it's wonderful. When I get around people I don't know, all of a sudden I'm going, well, what's wrong with you? What do I see you doing behind closed doors here this weekend? And God has witnessed all this. That's the reason that when I, when, you know, it was funny because people would say, well, let's all go out and eat after you get done. And I said, well, okay. But I said, I prefer to go out with people I know. So I'm trying to be nice. And, well, it ends up not nice. And they take people I don't know. And when that happens, sometimes this happens. I'm going, well, what's this sin about? Who do you think you are sinning like that all the time? You and I, are you and I mean, why were you up front and let that devil cast out of you tonight? Well, people don't like to talk like that, and, and quite frankly, that's just not the time to be talking to this prophet, you know. And that's the reason it's always better to talk to me when the anointing hasn't, uh, hasn't, uh, bless God, come up, uh, and, or after it's gone. So, uh, but I think we're okay this weekend because I'm, I'm kind of in a different mode, and somebody can say thank God for that, and so let's travel on. Now, as we get down into this thing, you begin to realize, realize that, bless God, that the voice of God, circumstances are the way that God is going to guide. Uh, and now, and it all has to do with God's timing. The use of God's written word presents more variables than we would like to discuss. Boy, does it ever. Now, let me say this about that. You know, people will say to me, say, they'll walk up, and they, you know, have their Bible in their, their arm, and they'll say, Brother Deckard, <clears throat> I need a word from God. I take the Bible out of their hands, put it in my hands, hand it to them. I said, now you got a bunch of words from God. But you see, that's the truth. Here is truth in life. Here. Don't trust me. Don't trust anybody to be giving you guidance for your life. Here's the guidance. Get into it. Learn it. Study it. And bless God, then walk above and beyond all the smelly diapers, all right? Because right now we got more smelly diapers than we got anything else in the house. And what I want to do is see us get to the place where, bless God, we can... Now, have you heard me tell the story? I wouldn't happen to have one of them up here left over from yesteryear. No. I used to... you ever see a dog uh, rubber pacifier that's used for dogs? They're about that big, and the, the nipple on them is about like that, and they about that long. See, I used to have one. And, and, and when people right here in this church... And when people would get to wah, 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 I would tell them, uh, let's just presume for a moment that the woman's name was Jones. Now, I hope there's no Joneses in the audience. And I would say, uh, Sister Jones, would you, would you scare to stand up? And she'd stand up. And I'd say, now, Sister Jones, now, she didn't know anything about this. Sister Jones is going to check out the pacifier right after service today. Now, you had to go back to the office, sign your name and your date, and then there was a date when it was going to be returned and it would be told to you. And I said, so if any of you have an emergency this week and would want to, uh, you know, share the pacifier, call Mrs. Jones. Well, everybody in the church knew 
that Mrs. Jones must have went into the mode of, wah, 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 and that's why I give them a pacifier. If you're going to ball, that'll shut them up. Boom, a pacifier in their mouth. And so, you know, and then people got, you know, the people got a little gunny about it, you know. They they got saying, well, do you, you think that's exactly right to be able to stand people up? And I said, oh, yeah, it works. I said, you know, Mrs. Jones hadn't, she hadn't checked the pacifier out for six months. She's doing better now. Now, what is that about? Kind of like I said before, it's kind of like the shock syndrome. The fact of the matter is, folks, you can't see yourself. You can't see yourself. If you could see what I see, because I can look into the other world and see you through that, I'm not sure what you'd do here today. Because we have got everything in this room from people that think they know everything about God that don't, the people that don't think they hear from God at all, which is just as bad the other end, to some of you sitting out there, I want to learn. Now, that middle group that I want to learn is a group that I want to get involved with. Sooner or later, I, I, want to get, I want to get rid of that group up there that knows everything. Why? Because we can't use that. That spirit is unteachable. That spirit's going to miss God. Even if they knew everything today, they wouldn't know everything tomorrow. So, therefore, when something comes, they're going to miss it. So, we're, we're, you know, what, what this is and what, what, the way that God arranges this thing with me as a prophet is I don't ever hardly ever... Well, sometimes I do, but not, not very often have to tell somebody to leave. Most of the time, the circumstances that are going to come from my much praying about you and your family and your life is going to cause things to get such a mess in your life that you're just going to come up with the idea, maybe I should leave. I'm going, well, maybe that's a good idea. God bless you, my brother. And, and you're going to leave and never know what happened to you, Okay. But the, the fact of it is, this army that God's building needs generals. Don't misunderstand me. We need a bunch of generals. And we're going to have a bunch of generals, but they're going to come up right. Can everybody agree? If you can agree with that, say amen. We just want it right, folks. We, we don't want everybody out here on a different page. We want it, we want it right. We want you, and you're going to have to, you've got to trust somebody. Somebody's got to be the four-star general, and, 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 and it's got to start from there. Hey, thank you again so much. That's Prophet Tom Deckard, Mount Carmel, Illinois, Cradle of Hope Ministries. Again, you can get more information out at the website, www.jewishprophet.com. Get out there, do yourself a favor, find out what's going on here, and you won't be disappointed. So, again, you can also get more. All the tape series is out there on the website for you to get a hold of. I greatly encourage you to get all that. You can also email your prayer request to cradle at jewishprophet.com, and we'll be praying for your prayer request. Again, that's cradle at jewishprophet.com. Shalom. Until next week, remember, with God, all things are possible. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. 
Chumba. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.